This is Foul Players Radio, your podcast for arts, entertainment, and pop culture. Welcome. My name is Michael Spedden, your host. Every episode features fun, fascinating stories about people in the performing arts, actors, authors, dancers, writers, musicians, athletes, you name it. Folks who are center stage, backstage, on camera, or behind the scenes. Sit back and listen. Let's have some fun. Foul Players Radio is a proud production of the Foul Players Group and the official podcast of the Foul Players of Perryville. And welcome back to Foul Players Radio. My name is Michael Spedden. Today we welcome Alexandra Lopez. She is a native of Puerto Rico and now lives in Brooklyn, New York. Alexandra and I both appeared on different episodes of Season 5 of Gotham. We had a great talk about that, what the experience was like working on Gotham, the family environment that the producers and everybody on staff had, and what an experience it was, you know, just a truly magical, wonderful experience working with those great people, and not to mention the fans, Uh, the fans around the world of this show are absolutely wonderful, absolutely wonderful. They love their Gotham. They want to have it back one day. And I got to tell you, um, you know, I would like to take this opportunity to thank those fans of Gotham, you know, for their support of the show, their enthusiasm and their kind words. And uh, we also talked quite a bit in this episode about some of Alexandra's past projects and theater work. So this was a very fun episode. We had a great talk about a lot of things. Subscribe for free at www.foulplayersradio.com or listen wherever you find podcasts online. No matter what platform you listen on, you can help us greatly by giving us a fair review and a five-star rating. Also, be sure to visit our page on patreon.com, www.patreon.com slash foulplayersradio. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. The Foul Players of Perryville are back and have many shows booked for the fall and winter of 2021 into 2022. See our schedule on www.foulplayersofperryville.com. For bookings, we can be reached by phone at 443-600-0446 or by email at foulplayersperryville at yahoo.com. We'll be right back with Alexandra Lopez. Hello, all, and welcome back to Foul Players Radio. My name is Michael Spedden, and tonight we're here with Alexandra Lopez. I met Alexandra actually on Twitter not too long ago in the uh, Gotham universe, and we have got some of the greatest fans in the world that follow Gotham on Twitter, and I tell you, some of the nicest people, uh, they're definitely very dedicated to that show. And uh, we met each other kind of talking about things. You know, I found out that Alexandra had been in a couple of episodes of Gotham, too. And uh, we got talking about, you know, uh, filming and that sort of thing. And I invited her to come on the show to kind of share her experience, because uh, everybody I know that I've had on from the show has just had a wonderful time doing it. And I'm sure that was yours, too. So welcome, Alexandra. Good to have you tonight. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so um, so tell us a little bit now. Um, I guess before we get into Gotham, what's new with you right now? I know you've been you were talking about a couple of recent things that have been going on. Oh yeah, I was like on the Chain Film Festival that they usually promote like short films and big films as well. Mm-hmm. Usually they like indie films, so it's like everyone promoting their stuff, like what they love. That is really good. Um, 
I got to work like back in June or July. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was Gossip Girl for HBO Max. Okay. Yeah. That was a great experience, though. I really enjoyed it. All right. Well, tell us a little bit about that if you want. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I work, for example, I, I'm not um, officially um, like a SAG Astra union yet. Right. Right. Do, um, they hired me for a few days, like core. Mm-hmm. And one of those things was like an union day. So it was like a bit like I'm not used to it, but it was like a great experience. Mm-hmm. They treat you differently, but it's like they give you like more more stuff to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up like wearing a wig and stuff because I was like <laughs> uh, uh, the character they gave me because it was like Halloween party. Uh-huh. I was Cardi B. They put me to be Cardi B for like in Halloween custom and stuff. It was really oh. fun. Yeah, i'll tell you you know some of the things they have you wearing and everything during some of these it's just crazy um you know so um well that's really cool that's really good news about that so where are you from originally i'm from puerto rico oh puerto rico puerto rico and you're uh are you living in new york now yeah in 2017 oh okay okay uh what part of new york are you living in brooklyn Oh, okay. Brooklyn, Brooklyn. Well, you're not far from where uh, Gotham was filmed then, right? Yeah. Like Steiner's library closed. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, Cause that, yeah, Steiner studios right there. Um, the old, I believe that was an old Navy yard years ago and um, quite an experience. So tell us your experience. So let's, let's start from the very beginning. You know, how did you even, you know, get the opportunity to appear on Gotham? Well, um, I joined like this, um, this, um, there's like a site called casting networks uh-huh. and they um, have like different agencies. So right. that you, you can apply like share the different styles of photos, like different hairs, uh, mm-hmm. costumes, and depending what they're looking for, they will like get text or a call for it. So the more prepared, obviously the more stuff you can get um, like bid, like demo reels and stuff. So mm-hmm. it was back in 2018, it was like at summer, I remember I applied like for everything because I was like, I wasn't, I think season five, I mean, obviously it was like the shortest one, but I really wanted to be in there. Even even if it was only one day, I was okay with it. Mm -hmm. So I remember like getting a text, but I think it was July 14 and they were like, oh, can you come um, to do fitting? And I was like, sure, I can do it. But in the inside, I was like, like, super happy like oh my god i'm really gonna work in this because <laughs> 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 originally i have been supporting the show like 2014 like i love doing art and drawing so my way to say always thank you to people is like making art for them and right stuff like that. so being like there there and watching like the custom department the art department for me was like surreal mm. so so yeah yeah, that, that was really, it was really a neat experience being inside of uh, the studio and everything. So you said you'd been a fan of the show for a couple of years before you actually had the opportunity to come on, huh? Yeah. Well, I would say admire better. <laughs> admirer. Okay. Okay. Not that I don't know the word, but yeah, I'm more, I love like supporting arts and stuff. So. Sure. Sure. <laughs> when you got your opportunity to go on there, I guess you've been familiar with the show. I mean, with me, I thought it was, you know, I felt like I just like, just walked right through my television set <laughs> you know what i mean yeah, yeah and i love the way that like they shot it like comic book style you know mm-hmm. like 
that's something I really appreciated of all of it. Yeah. Um, I learned a lot, like in the costume department per se, like they gave me different styles of costumes. Mm -hmm. They didn't know exactly what I was going to be like. And then they were like, oh, you're going to be a team refugee. So you're going to just wear this hat and these like dirty clothes and stuff. And I was like, that's cool, though. So I don't mind. Yeah. It was great. <laughs> Yeah, I can remember going for my fitting. Um, I had to go to Steiner, I think, the day before, and they had a bunch of things picked out for me and everything. And everything they gave me was ill-fitting. You know, the sleeves were too short. The pants were too short because I had to look like the character. You know, They wanted like a big, dumb guy. And um, that, that was really neat getting there, you know, trying everything on. Then they made their final decision. And, um, you know, they gave me everything to wear and stuff. And, but you know, the thing that was really neat about that too, was, you know, where we were dressing and everything, I could see where a lot of other people's costumes were being stored, you know, people who were no longer on the show. And, um, I'm sure you got, a, got to see a lot of, you know, behind the scenes stuff while you were there too, huh? Oh yeah. Like I got to see the GCTV. I got to see like the part they called the kitchen that was at the Haven. Mm -hmm. They filmed parts at Junkers, so we got the chance to go to Junkers as well to film some scenes over there. I got to mm -hmm. meet the director tomorrow. It was really adorable. Oh right. <laughs> yeah, I saw Andrew, Andrew, uh, Mr. Pan, Ventriloquist also was there at Junkers that day. Ben McKenzie was that day as well. I think mm -hmm. Robin was there as well. But it was a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I got a chance that that was you know, really neat. You know, I mean, I, when I got there, I just walked into my dressing room and I'm looking around and I'm looking out the window and stuff. And then I hear a hello and I turn around and it's like, you know, Andrew, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> Hey, how are you doing? You know? And he was really, um, did you feel like a real kind of like a good family kind of atmosphere there? A good team working family ish type of atmosphere where you were working in? Yeah, it was very family friendly. Like there was, I remember a uh, crew guy, I think it was the Steiner that he literally like said, we're going to be here like a while. So this is like a family. So mm -hmm. get used to it. So, and I felt that, you know, it was very kind. Mm -hmm. They were very nice. They were very nice. Everybody was. And it was just amazing. Um, you know, when we weren't shooting, I mean, you know, you shoot for a while and they stop. And then they've got to, you know, arrange things and move things around and everything. And, um, I mean, didn't you really, did you find it you know, just really interesting to watch the, all the technicians working and all the people that were, you know, filming and doing hair and makeup and everything, how they all really put that together. Oh yeah. It's like, at first you're like, uh, like everyone is like regular. And then it's like all these hairs and make them, you transform, you know, it feels magical to watch all that happen. Mm -hmm. Like 5 a.m. to whatever they end doing it, like overnight or stuff. Yeah, it's, re it's really good. Yeah, they sure do start early there, didn't they? Yeah, there was a time that they call us like at 5 a.m. at Steiner's. Mm -hmm. And usually they have, um, yeah, it was at 5 a.m. So we were all like sleepy and we just needed like coffee to wake up. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like taking a train at three uh three thirty AM in the morning just to get there on time. That's oh yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> I tell you, you know, when I first got up there, I forget it was only like a mile and a half from the studio that I stayed because I come up from Maryland. Mm -hmm. And um, I stayed at a Las Quintas hotel. Um, I think it was like one point eight miles away. Mm -hmm. And 
I've always had these nightmares, you know, not really nightmares, but like these recurring dreams. And I don't know if you've ever had them too about, you know, like you're in school and it's exam week and you never went to class the whole time, or, you know, you just wake up and you're late for something or something like that happens, you know, that was happening to me big time. When I got up there, I made sure I went to bed really early and I was set all these alarms. I brought two cell phones, an alarm clock, and I had them make, (laughs) make a wake up call to me just so I wouldn't be late. And anyhow, I'm laying there sleeping and I would just jump up every two hours and I'd look at the clock and I'm like, Oh God, good. I slept some time to sleep. And then I'd jump up again and I'm like, Oh no, it's not time to get up yet. Then finally around four o'clock, I just said, all right, you know, I'm up, I'm up, (laughs) you know? So I went and got myself cleaned up and headed over to the set and everything. And I figured, you know, I'll just stay in the parking lot and wait that way while I'm here, you know, if I need to snooze for a little bit, I can, but I'm not late. I'm on property, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Um, on Madam secretary, I got to work that one too. Um, there was a moment like we worked from, I think 6am or something like Uh they gave us like a break. I think it was an hour break. So we took a nap in that hour. But when we wake up, we were like a bit scared. Like, are we late to get back to shoot? And they're like, no, they're still preparing cameras and stuff. So I was like, oh, good. (laughs) Right, right, right. (laughs) I know. That's the last thing. That's the last thing you want to do is get somebody pissed off at you. You know, (laughs) I know I I really worried about that myself. So, um, so you, you, you did your, you you did, you did your part on Gotham and everything. And, um, Tell us which episode, do you remember which episode it was or which episodes you were in? Um, I got, I worked the first one that with, I think it was filming like near Barclay Center. I mean, you don't get to see me that clear, but I, at least I know I'm like in the bag or something. Like we're carrying like bags of food and stuff because okay. it was like a place where I think um, Ben and Donald were there. Oh, also Chris Charles was there. Um, Lucius Fox, um, and they were like trying to see how many refugees were in the area. Oh, like, right. Like they didn't have a home yet. Like they were not in Haven yet. So that was one of those. That was a great day as well. It was long, but it was great. Mm-hmm. Um, episode two as well. That was a junkers. And we were like, you know, like finally we get a home and stuff. And then episode three, that that's like the confrontation between, um, I was there. Originally, that scene, I wasn't supposed to be next to Ben McKenzie. But mm-hmm. since we rehearsed it like a lot, they were like, okay, you, Alex, and I don't remember, I don't recall the name of the other guy. Since you two were next to Ben and you know exactly what you're doing, you're going to stay there. So mm-hmm. we're like, okay, great. And then they like got everyone on the room. Robin was there as well. Um, and we were like, originally we were going to say something like um, about Gordon, mm-hmm. but then they changed the line to Penguin. And we were just uh, yelling Penguin in the room. Like, uh, so, and episode four uh, was the moment like, I, I think in episode four, it's like Haven Exposed or something. So that was, Oh, I remember our crew guy telling us um, for that one, like, I don't know how many of you survive, but just make sure that if you call the band, great. If not, thank you for being here. <laughs> right, right. Okay, so um, so this, which season was it? Was it five? Five, yeah. Season five. Okay, so you were in the ones leading up to, because I was in eight that year. 
And um, that's when I ended up, you know, uh, you know, doing my part was season was episode eight. Mine turned out to be the last one filmed, but it wasn't the last one that was shown um because i believe what they told me that you know they were after they filmed the episode i was in they were just packing it in that was going to be it so um it, it was just just a wonderful experience and uh you know just watching all these people do their thing and all the uh you know just everybody you know that, that was in charge of lighting special effects you know the camera um people doing hair and makeup and wardrobe and everything it was just an incredible incredible and did you have an opportunity to look around in Steiner and see some of the other sets when they weren't in use? Um, I think it was Power, the one that was like close to us mm -hmm. at the same time. I know that there was a month there where they had like Joker there filming. Mm -hmm. I I also work in that one as like an extra for a few. They usually film like the weekends. They had mm -hmm. like a week person in October, yeah, back in 2018 as well, that they use it and they like um at steiner's as well so i think like people that worked in that week could see like gotham people and joker people like crossing by oh okay okay yeah interesting interesting yeah so that it was just a great experience and everything and you know it's just something i'm never going to forget nothing of it you know and I've, I've, I've told people a bunch of times if i could you know if i could do it all over again and choose three people to make my network tv debut with I'd choose the three of those guys all over again. You know, um, we really got along well together and, um, all, all three of them are very, very nice guys. So, you know, so, um, so yeah, you know, before you got into all this, uh, what did, did you have a background in theater? Did you grow up doing theater or dancing or anything like that? Well, originally I did, I play like football, soccer. I was like I, from six years to 17 years. I was like in, in like in middle of high school, I decided to, I don't know what changed on me. I think it was back in 2005 when mm -hmm. I went vacation mode to New York with my family. And we were, I think it was for my 15th birthday or something that my parents were like, what do you want to do? So I decided to, I wanted like watch the premiere of Harry Potter 4. And somehow when I saw them like in the red carpet, something like hit my head. Like, I want to do that. I want to okay. interview stuff. And obviously that changed when I got to 17 that I actually wanted to study it, but not like to be there like 100%, but just because I don't know if, I mean, I'm a research person. So I was trying to like get more to talk to people, to socialize more. And mm -hmm. someone told me theater is like the best um, way to do it. Like they give you like the tools. No, I don't know if that's a way to see it. Like theater also helps you like to go through all those stuff. So I decided to join a finance school in Puerto oh. Rico to do it. Yeah. And it was like four years or five years. Okay. Also in college, I did like, uh, I studied drama as well, but I had two years um, lytic theater. So I was oh. in a corporate singing and stuff. Yeah. Oh. Okay. And where'd you say you went to college? Um, college, um, I studied drama in the University of Puerto Rico in Rio Piedras. So they, oh. teach me. yeah, yeah, yeah. I okay. did like, really, I transferred because the first two years I was doing like, um, to be a teacher at theater, but oh. then I, I, I was like, I don't see myself teaching. So uh -huh. I need to pay, you know, like 
can be going more. So I did the mayor on, on drama. Oh, okay. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. That's something that, um, you, you get people, you, you get, it's like a, a really big mix of people with their different experiences, you know, um, when you get into this here, you get some people that have been trained from day one. You get some people like my wife who started dancing when they were very little and they, you know, they got into dance, then they got into theater and singing. Um, you get some people that just kind of walk into it later in life. Like I did, you know, and, um, yeah, but it's, it's so interesting to work with people, you know, that have different levels of experience, you know, no matter who you work with, um, you can always learn something from whoever it is. You know what I mean? Do you agree? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree on that. That's so true. Yeah. Yep. Everybody just has different things that they like to do or different things that work for them. And, you know, it, it's always a learning experience whenever you go on to a set or something like that. It really is. Uh, let me ask you this too. Um, sure. Have you ever had, um, ever been out on stage, you know, maybe, you know, doing a play or doing anything else? where something has gone absolutely horribly wrong and how did you recover from it? Oh, I remember there was a play I did <laughs> and for some reason we only rehearsed like a week for it. And like, uh, it was a few seconds of going blank, but then I like remember the lines. I don't remember how, but I just did because they always tell you like to look like, to the back corner, try not to look at the audience, but I'll like look at the wall or something. So you can concentrate and focus more. So I, I did exactly that. And I just let it go. (laughs) (laughs) Seconds of going blank. It's like doing a text, uh, you know, like a test and then going blank. And you're like, no, this can't happen now. (laughs) 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 But I get it. I mean, we only rehearse a week, you know, it's like, we didn't got it. I mean, that, in a way, it's a challenge. So, but at the same time, it's like I would have rather had like two weeks or a month of rehearsal. You know, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I've been in those situations myself sometimes. You, know, when I was in Baltimore doing theater, I had um, a couple of plays that I was in where I wasn't cast in the play, but it was a theater that I'd worked with a lot. And at the last minute, we had somebody we were doing Oliver and the actor that was playing the grandfather, Mr. Brownlow, um, fell off the stage and hurt himself. And so I had 24 hours to learn that part and be ready to go. No rehearsal. Okay. I just had to come in and kind of do it. And, um, there was another time with South Pacific, uh, something happened to somebody and I had to come in and play. I think it was commander Harbison. And, you know, thank God I didn't have a lot of singing to do and songs and stuff to learn, but, you know, I did have my lines I had to do. And, um, and then, you know, when I get there to the theater, they told me I was playing a second part, which I hadn't had any opportunity to learn. So, um, I guess it's good to have a good core group of people that you've performed with for quite a bit that you can learn how to play off of each other, you know, and, um, whenever something's going bad, somebody can always kind of steer the car out of the median and get it back on the road, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yep. How about, um, this, you know, do you have any parts that you've done that are, you would say your are your absolute favorite? Mm, I think, well, we did like 
Um, it was like part of a medley musical at college. Um, mm -hmm. We did like Hairspray, we did Cats. Um, I enjoyed a lot like the makeup uh, process for it, especially for Cats. Cause, oh. you know, yeah, like you need like the, the costume. I think we needed in, I mean, I mean, in the college department, we needed to create everything ourselves. So I got like to experience uh, how to make the costume, like tail, also the makeup. We all need to look different. So in my case, I was like, um, I did makeup on my face, like white. I put like black nose um, with the, you know, like the cat thing. I, I don't recall the name of that, like the ears and stuff. Mm -hmm. It was on process, but it was fun. Like also like hairspray getting all dressed up like I think it was seventies or something. Sixties. Sixties. Okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but that was really great. Like learning to dance as well. That was hard. Yeah. So hard. <laughs> yeah. Have you have you seen the movie Hairspray? Um, there were two movies that were out. One was musical. One was not musical. Have you seen both of them? I saw the one with I think it was John Travolta and Zac Efron. Okay. Like, yep. Yeah, I saw that one. That was really, really good. I tried to do it on Broadway, but they took it out. So I was like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, there, that was the version that came out a little bit later. That was the musical version, you know, kind of based on the Broadway show. And I had had a couple of people um, on the show on, as past guests that had been that actually toured with that uh, production. Uh, the musical version of it. I had Bruce Valanche that you may remember from Hollywood squares and a number of other things on, he was telling me about his experience. Um, had, I guess you'd never seen the earlier version. That was like more, it was a comedy, but it was, it wasn't a musical. You had never seen that one. No, I don't think so. Yeah. I'll tell you a story about that. Um, are you familiar with John waters, any of his other movies besides like hairspray? Mm, what, what else did he do? Well, um, well, there was Serial Mom, there was Pecker, Cecil B. Demented, um, there was Polyester, and then going back into the 70s, there were movies like Pink Flamingos, Female Trouble, Desperate Living, Eat Your Makeup, um, gosh, what else was there? Um, and, uh, he had a pretty good list of them back, oh, back then. <laughs> yep. Well, um, when the first, I'll tell you a story about that. This is actually kind of funny. You know, when the first hairspray came out in 1988, it was very nostalgic. And again, I'm from Baltimore where it all took place. And, mm -hmm. you know, that was a huge, huge movie down here. Um, you know, people were very into hairspray. Um, and when it went out on video, everybody was going to the store and renting it and taking it home and showing it to the kids. And they're saying, you know, here's how mom and dad used to dance when we were in high school, you know, and they would do all the dances and, you know, it was a lot of fun, you know, and now movies in that era are considered what they call John Waters later work. The original John Waters movies that were made in the seventies were absolutely raw. They were absolutely raw, all kinds of nudity, all kinds of weird i mean they were basically a step below an x-rated movie if they aren't considered x-rated movies you know um mm -hmm. and so people would go out and rent these movies you know they would you know go out and take hairspray home and show it to the kids which was perfectly suitable for kids to watch 
So then they would go back to the video store and this wasn't in the places like Blockbuster or anything. This was the places like, um, you know, just like the regular neighborhood mom and pop video stores. They would, you know, they, Hey, we really enjoyed hairspray. Oh, look, honey, there's another John Waters movie. It's called pink flamingos. Why don't we bring that home? Big mistake, big mistake, right. because the minute they turned that on, it was basically, you know, X rated all kinds of wild stuff going on in these movies and nothing you would want school age children watching trust me so they would always end up taking those things straight back to the video store and say what in the world was that so <laughs> what they had to do was at these video stores because i knew a couple of people that worked at them they would actually have to keep those videos of john waters older movies behind the counter and if somebody wanted to see them they had to explain to them exactly what was in this movie and that it wasn't hairspray. Oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> yep. So I would say if you are of age and you get the opportunity to see an earlier John Waters movie, it's well worth checking out. But, um, you know, I would just make sure, you know, it's um, something that um, th they're not for everybody. Okay. I'll just tell you that right now, you know, but um, that's great. So uh, what, what other kinds of uh, you know, movies and TV and stuff did you like when you were growing up? Uh, well, growing up, uh, well, I love Nightmare Before Christmas because of the stop motion. All right. Yeah, I love that one a lot. Um, like, I love literally all Tim Burton films. Sure. Um, yeah. In part because my dad, he's a puppeteer himself. He got to, yeah, he's like a set designer as well. So I learned a lot of stuff thanks to him. Wow. Like, my thanks to him as well. So. Like watching all the process of constructing puppets, like just like doing, yeah, set designs and stuff. Like it was, it was really interesting growing up. No kid, did your father perform? Um, did he do? Did he? You know, was he like a puppeteer out? You know, performing shows for people, or was it something he just did at home? Oh, he started like at thirteen. Like they, like he, like family members, they made like a group. Mm -hmm. And they like a company. The company still exists, but my dad doesn't work with them anymore. Like he's uh -huh. now with solo. Um, um, the company's name is um, Mundo Mundo de los Muñecos, like the world of puppets. It's oh, they're in Puerto Rico. They still are like they sometimes do tours and stuff. They're they have yeah they still do. And he started there. Then he got like growing older. He got to work with uh, that also that company. Is still on, but it's based here in New York. Um, it's called um, Teatro Sea, Society of Education and Arts. They're located at Suffolk Street. Oh, okay. So, okay. Yeah. yeah, he got to do set design for them, puppets. Also, the, they have like what they call the puppet fringe. Mm -hmm. I think they had it this year, like virtually and also like in person. Right. Obviously, because of, of the pandemic, they did it limited, but like years ago, like they will have a lot of stuff happening in that puppet fringe. It's really good. Oh, okay. Interesting. Interesting. That's really cool. You know, um, I, in my murder mystery group, you know, that I perform with, I have a fellow who was a puppeteer for a long time and he used to do a lot of puppets for children's television shows that were filmed here in Baltimore. And, uh, he also used to do them on, um, he had, had you ever seen a show called the great space coaster? Mm -hmm. Maybe a little before your time. 
Yeah, I was like, I'm from the 90s, so. Yeah. <laughs> so if you go way back, maybe no. <laughs> yeah, this is going back to like the 80s. So you, you you may not remember unless you saw it in reruns, but he had designed, a, I think, at least one of the puppets for that show. And um, he had actually worked on a t- children's television show with the puppeteer um, Kevin Clash, who actually ended up uh, developing the Elmo puppet for Sesame Street. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, what types of puppets do you, does your father make? Are they, uh, marionettes? Yeah. Most of them are like marionettes. Um, they like, some are like foam based other are like, um, he's working now like in 3d printer, like oh. he designs them and then like with the machine, like he makes them, then paints them, like put them together. And yeah, it's a long process, but you know, Oh, it is. It is. That's great though. So, um, you know, performing for children, things like that, that's excellent. That's excellent. That's, that's really cool. So, um, I guess, was he encouraging of you when you decided you wanted to be a performer too? Yeah. I mean, at first it was like, are you sure you want that? Cause originally I wanted like, there was like a process cause it's like from football, soccer to arts. Uh, cause I, there was, a, there's a college in old San Juan that they give you like uh, graphic design and digital design and traditional art design. Like I really wanted to go with that route, you know, but Mm -hmm. obviously it changed to theater. And that the funny thing is that I studied theater, but I got called more for TV and and film instead of for theater. So Mm -hmm. sometimes I ask myself, like, did I study the right thing? Because they pulled me from the other for tv and film that i didn't study for <laughs> right 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 <laughs> but it's like i mean it's similar in a way theater on tv you know it's like you're performing mm-hmm. but just with the crew and you know like people in there not with an audience per se so mm-hmm. i mean it's kind of familiar but you know different yeah so uh okay well good well look um in wrapping it up here um one thing i'd like to do is a couple i'd like to do a couple more things before we wrap it up is what i want to say uh first of all do you have anything that you'd like to promote or plug um tell people where we can see you um i'm sure there's probably you know shows that may be out on netflix or on amazon or something like that where we could see you um could you tell us a little bit about those well there's like Clearly, clearly see me. I will say a film from Netflix that it's called The Do Over from Adam Sandler. Uh, that's a bit old, but you can clearly see me. Like my face is there. Um, uh, what else? What else? Well, there's a lot of. I think Succession is coming soon. I think it's in October. Uh, I still don't know if I can like say stuff about it. <laughs> Right. I understand. It's like one of those things where you can't say anything about it until they give you their blessing to do so. So I understand. <laughs> yeah. There's also another film I work on, but I have like the same issues. So but sure. I think that one is for December. So maybe when the time gets closer, I will like, Hey, say something about it. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But right now, like that's, that's much it for now. <laughs> okay. Yeah. okay. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram. Um, okay okay so and finally uh what would you like to say to all of our gotham friends on twitter 
<laughs> well, keep being binge watching the show, supporting it like they have always done. Um, and keep watching and spreading the word. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what I would like to say to, you know, again, you know, having you on the show with me today, Alexandra, um, you know, folks, you know, it was a special experience for everybody who was involved. I'm sure, you know, I can say, you know, Alexandra agrees with me. I've had Andrew on the show before I've had, um, Satomi Hoffman who played a different character. Um, I just want to thank you all for your dedication to Gotham. Um, you know, Alexandra, I think you'll agree, you know, when you have people out there that really, when you work really hard to do something and you have people out there that show the level of appreciation that these fans have shown, it really means something and it really makes it all worth it. Don't you think? Yeah, it is. If you feel like the love, you know, like that strong attachment, like, thank you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So everybody, again, everybody that is, uh, following Gotham that's, you know, out there hashtagging and, um, I'm still not very good at using Twitter and I don't understand everything I'm doing on there yet, but I know they're hashtagging and trying to make it go viral or a trend or something, mm -hmm. but they're definitely, uh, whatever you want to call it. The bottom line is they're working very, very hard to get the word out. Um, I hope the powers that be, you know, you know, are able to, you know, maybe, you know, give these folks what they want to, mm -hmm. you know, maybe revitalize Gotham somehow to bring it back so they can see their favorite show again. You know, um, I can tell you, these folks are definitely very, very, you know, emotionally and, um, you know, their heart is really, really into this show. And I would really love to see them, you know, get what they want, you know, and again, I, they've been wonderful to me. They've been great to you, I guess too. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, let's keep pulling for them here. Thank you all Gotham folks. We appreciate it. So, so Alexandra, again, thank you for being here with us on foul players radio today. I've enjoyed getting to know you and having you on the show. Um, I definitely appreciate it. And thank you all for listening. Uh, please join us again next time on foul players radio, and we will see you then. Thanks, Alexandra. Thank you. Thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed our interviews with our guests, all with the intention of promoting the performing arts and preserving their history by sharing the wonderful stories of those who participated. You can now support Foul Players Radio on Patreon. Go to www.patreon.com slash foulplayersradio. Also, make sure you go to whatever platform on which you listen to Foul Players Radio and leave us a review and hopefully a five-star rating. Thanks again, and see you next time.